Hello and welcome to the Women in Sport podcast brought to you by CSM Live. We've got another fantastic episode lined up for you and some amazing guests as well, which I feel like I say every week, but I truly do mean it. Um, Today, I'm joined by three women who all have very interesting and exciting stories and very different perspectives to share. So firstly, I'm joined by Alex Danson, uh, a very recently retired GB hockey player who was part of the iconic team, which I'm sure lots of people remember, who won gold at the Rio 26. Dean Games, a really unforgettable moment in sports history, I think. So, Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks very much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I'm looking forward to learning lots, um, as well as hopefully sharing this with you. <laughs> Great to have you. Uh, I'm also joined by one of our trustees, but she's definitely more than just our trustee. I think that's that's underselling it. Um, someone who I would say is the definition of a, of a badass woman, um, ultra runner Sophie Power. So Sophie, thank you so much for, for coming on. And um, I'm so excited that we, we're, we're getting you involved in the podcast. Thank you. No, I, lo- I love the other episode. So I'm excited to be on one finally. And finally, Emma Brockwell, who uh, is going to be providing all the knowledge today. Um, <laughs> that's the expectation anyway. Uh, and Emma is a, a specialist women's health physio- physiotherapist. And she's also just released a book all about the very topic we're going to be discussing today. So thanks for coming along, Emma. Oh, thank you very much for having me and I'm very excited to hear about Alex's uh, pregnancy and postnatal return to exercise and I might know a little bit about Sophie's because um, Sophie is actually my patient so I'm going to be very excited to hear what she's been up to for the past six weeks since having her third baby so thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I know I, I wonder are we going to be breaking any of the the patient confidentiality by doing this podcast maybe we maybe... I, I, I think we're okay I think we're okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, I share everything in a um I've written a pregnancy blog for all my pregnancy training um every couple of weeks and I'm doing the same postpartum so um it's getting out in the blog so it can get out in the podcast good good um so yeah in case anyone hasn't guessed from that already today we're going to be focusing on pregnancy and exercise which is something we haven't actually sort of focused down on in our research but it's definitely a topic that obviously comes up and is very um, important for women when they're going through this time in their life so we thought it'd be a good idea to get this topic in the podcast and kind of share some thoughts share some experiences so firstly I want to chat to you, Alex, obviously, as a as an elite athlete who's recently entered into a pregnant life. Um, I was just wanting you to share kind of what your experience has been so far adapting to, to the changes in your body and how you've been keeping fit. Uh, calling me an elite athlete now is very kind. <laughs> Having retired in February, um, <laughs> I feel very far from elite. Um, however, yes, that was my career for 20 years. I very, very proudly and was part of the GB women's hockey team. And, you know, exercise exercise was my life. Keeping my body in great shape was my life. Um, it took up an enormous amount of my day, probably six, six seven hours a day. Um, and then after my retirement, um, uh, my husband and I obviously started, started a family. Um, pregnant, I'm 39 and a half weeks, but actually 39 and five days. So I'm hoping I don't have to leave the podcast at any point. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll be on edge, be on edge um, now <laughs> it's been um a really different experience and um, i have to say almost a bit of a minefield um you, you don't know what to do you don't know when to do it um, i actually had two miscarriages as well before um we um obviously successfully are pregnant with with this one 
Um, so there was lots of questions in my mind, um, but I have kept really active during pregnancy. I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I think it's kept me in really good good shape. I mean, obviously, apart from the obvious. Um, so yeah, most of my activity now is walking, um, but I lifted some weights early on. Um, I haven't run, um, but actually that's more to do with a head injury I've had in the past. Um, and I've done lots of cycling. So I have a nice static bike at home, which I sat on a lot. Um, done some yoga, um, pelvic floor exercises, things like that, just to make sure I can be as best prepared for, for labor, first of all, um, and then hopefully uh, uh, have a, a nice smooth transition after having our baby. And Emma, there was lots of nodding from you there along. So is that the kind of thing you love to hear? Is that is that the kind of standard or or is Alex kind of exceeding that? I don't really know. Mm. Well, first of all, congratulations. I did not realise you were literally about to uh, potentially deliver at any point. Um, yeah, I mean, we have to be advocating that women are exercising more in their pregnancies now. Um, the benefits are just so huge physically and mentally. Um, there is a lot of fear and anxiety about exercising during pregnancy. Um, and that's historical because quite frankly, we didn't know what the pros and the cons were of exercising during pregnancy. So it's such a such a precious time. It's also such a, a time of, it's very litigious if it goes wrong. So um, we've always erred on the side of caution and suggesting, well, you know, maybe, maybe you don't exercise during pregnancy. Um, there is more and more research coming out now that's showing that's quite the opposite that if you have a low-risk pregnancy you should be exercising um, but there is so much more ev evidence and research required um, to really establish who should and who shouldn't be doing x y and z um, we generally encourage in a low-risk pregnancy that you are exercising on average five times a week this is for the average woman um, 30 minutes a day and you're carrying out physical activity so that can be something as simple as just walking going up and down the stairs being physical it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you exercise um, but I would encourage if you have a low-risk pregnancy that you are exercising listening to your body adapting to to the exercises that you're doing I think Sophie's a really good example of that I'm sure she'll talk about in a moment um, talking to your healthcare provider as well. The, the complexity comes when you have more of a moderate risk or a higher risk pregnancy, because the research just isn't there to really back up absolutely what you should and shouldn't be doing. Um, but there is more research coming out, certainly in the BJSM last year, there was a very good paper put out by Margie Davenport and Victoria May, which actually started questioning, are the people we're holding back from exercise, are they actually the ones we should be holding back because of the huge benefits that exercise brings. So we need more research, we need more evidence, but there is guidance, there's the ACOG guidance, there's the RCOG guidance. Um, and then there's people like myself, public health physiotherapists, midwives, um, doctors, we should all know the basics. Um, and the chief medical officer, his team has provided a really good infographic, uh, which you can just Google, um, and it will give you a good idea of what, what what to look out for and roughly what you should and shouldn't be doing so yeah Alex Alex is unusual in that she's done so much but I think she's bang on right to have been doing what, what she's been doing and I wish more and more women would, would would do that with with obviously the right healthcare professionals advice as well that, that's so interesting Emma because 
actually when you get pregnant it's almost a really scary time you don't know and quite a lot of the dialogue I heard was all oh, put your feet up rest you know I was like brilliant I can eat four 400 chocolate bars <laughs> and you know I was like this is excellent what am I going to crave um and actually I found it really useful I, I mean I went to the NHS website and it said the 30 minutes five times a week which gave me real confidence um, like podcasts like this, like like these, and then listening to other women who've been pregnant, being active was really helpful because it just gave me confidence. So I think you're right. The more that it's spoken about and shared that it is safe to do so, I would have felt a lot better at the start um, with with what I was embarking on. Yeah, I agree. I I do think I do think we are only just getting that messaging out there because uh, the other thing that we also encourage is that you're doing two days of strength training a week as well. Mm. Um, and and probably for someone like yourself, an elite athlete we could have afforded for you to do more. Um, so we have to remember that we're basing this on the individual, someone who's more sedentary, those guidelines are more, are more um, in, in place for. Um, but it's working on the individual. And this is where, as again, Sophie, I'm sure will explain, working with healthcare professionals that get it, um, that have a passion for it is really important because what we do know and what I certainly see in clinic is those women, and this isn't always the case, but those women who have exercised during pregnancy often have a better delivery if they if they deliver vaginally um, and often they rehab so much more effectively postnatally um, it's and it's just so good for you it's just so good for baby as well there's research showing that actually baby benefits from mums that exercise during and obviously after pregnancy so yeah I'm a huge advocate for it and I think Alex Sophie these these athletes are are the women, the post, the poster women that, that all of us women need to really show that not only is it really effective but in general it's safe as well Sophie I feel like you should take your cue now Emma's giving you the intro um ultra marathon runner oh god no I, I I think from my side so I've got three children and um I've had three very different pregnancies three different recoveries and I think that the important thing is that every woman is different but every pregnancy is different um, and, and take what Emma said, listening to your body is, is the most important thing you can do. And your body's really smart. And, and it really does tell you what's right and what's wrong. Um, and, and if you're in a low risk pregnancy, like, like I was all three, it's, if your body says it's okay to do it, it will tell you if it's not. And I found that with my heart rate and doing a lot of heart rate training, if I went beyond a certain amount, the body just said, you know, actually kind of dial it back down with strength training at different points in pregnancy, you've got different levels of relaxing in the body. And at some point I couldn't do some exercises and they felt a bit tweaky. And then a few weeks later, they felt much better. So it's thinking about just listening to your body, working with the experts. I think kind of working with Emma, my, my third pregnancy, I actually was much stronger kind of this side. So I had pelvic pain after my first two pregnancies. Um, and I, I stopped running at five months in my second because I wanted to run straight after um, and I wanted to protect my pelvic floor from that I actually ran the day my waters broke this time with no issues whatsoever no pain um, so doing that strength training in pregnancy in the right way um, I think kind of there are things that you shouldn't do and and I was doing pull-ups in my second pregnancy and and that left me with kind of separated abdominals uh, which is really really common but I could have avoided it so I think seeing the professional and saying kind of, this is what I'm doing. How can I make myself stronger through pregnancy? Um, and I definitely had a better labor. I definitely had, um, I'm having a really good recovery. Obviously third baby, 
little bit more difficult to recover from um, than the first baby. And, and I've got a minor prolapse and we found that out last week at six weeks and, and I'm working professional to, to, to deal with that and to get stronger. Um, but I, I think the thing for, for mums is even if we're not elite athletes like an Alex, there's a lot of us kind of like me who exercise a huge part of their life. And exercise is a very important thing for me to manage my mental health as well as my physical health. And the idea that I would sit on the couch through pregnancy would actually be quite damaging to me personally. And what's damaging to you is, is, is not great for your baby. So having the support around us to, to keep our exercise up because it's so beneficial, not just for our bodies, not actually just for our baby's health, which we know kind of a healthier mum is a healthier baby, but kind of healthier to struggle through pregnancy, which is so difficult and the recovery, having those endorphins and feeling kind of we're moving our body like we want to is, is as important as kind of keeping it physically fit. Emma, for a lot of women that aren't that active already, so they're going into pregnancy, not doing a lot of movement, not doing a lot of exercise. What are the, are there any sort of basic things that you think are, are quite um, accessible and easy for a lot of women to access? I don't know if it's like, you know, couch to 5K sort of thing that is a is an easy, simple way that people can safely sort of access a bit of exercise without feeling they might be putting their body at risk or without feeling worried or, or nervous about it. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't really done much exercise before you fall pregnant, and it's funny because often I see women who haven't really exercised and they suddenly think, oh, I'm pregnant now, I'm going to start exercising, probably because they hear about some of the benefits. Um, so you, so as Sophie said, you want to listen to your body, you want to adapt when something doesn't feel right. Now that could be a sign that you, I don't know, you've got pain, discomfort, um, anything from a pelvic health perspective. So if you're leaking urine or feeling heaviness in your vaginal area, you want to listen to those signs because they're signs that, that perhaps that exercise you're doing isn't quite for you or perhaps you need to contact someone like a pelvic health physio just to help um, in treating that symptom. Um, but generally, if I go back to the chief medical officer's infographic, um, what it suggests is that you're exercising or physically active for 30 minutes a day. Now, if let's say you haven't run before, you're not going to want to start running for 30 minutes a day so a nice couch to 5k program might be appropriate or you you cherry pick so you perhaps break that 30 minutes up into 10 minute sections each day so you go for a 10 minute walk you do 10 minutes of stretching with a with a put uh, in a prenatal yoga class something low impact some 10 minutes of cycling on an exercise bike I would encourage more of an exercise static bike than, than cycling on the roads if if you're um if, if you're new to exercise particularly, because um, we want to reduce the risk of, of injury and falls um, predominantly, you really want to avoid exercise that's going to bump the bump. That's another, another key uh, factor on the infographic. Um, so you, you want to just play around, find out what exercise excites you, because there's no point doing an exercise if you don't like it. Um, and I think that's what's really exciting about pregnancy is, is it is an option, an, an opportunity, sorry, to explore what, what you might love, which you just haven't found yet. So, so yeah, I would just say break it down, break those 30 minute sections down into 10 minute chunks three times a day um, or even just 10 minute chunks per day until you feel ready to to increase that exercise the best gauge as to whether you're 
over exercising or over exerting yourself is um is can you talk while you're exercising you want to be able to carry out a sentence if you are out of breath and can't complete a sentence completely effectively you're probably pushing your body a little bit too far so Sophie used a heart rate monitor which is great and someone of her exercise level will have a heart rate monitor but if you haven't got a heart rate monitor we advise the talk test um and yeah just just listen to what you're doing explore enjoy it exercise is, is there for enjoyment as well as it's, it's not there just to torture you <laughs> so 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 yeah that's that would be where, where I'd go with that Alex so the, is there anything that you sort of wish wish you knew um before before going into this stage of your life is it perhaps when you were still competing you maybe wish you'd become pregnant earlier and and not waited and until you retired or are there any things that yeah well I mean I, I definitely wish we'd done this podcast at the start of my pregnancy <laughs> it would have been really useful <laughs> apologies <laughs> um no I definitely it was the right timing um for for me to get pregnant um so I don't wish that that happened any earlier but I do think education would be just so key for women um, because I feel like it's quite a blind, a blind road you take. Um, as I said, particularly from having a, a life where I've been so active, and very suddenly I, you know, I wanted to do the best by my health. I wanted to do the best by my baby's health. Um, and I think there's lots of contrasting um, and lots of conflicting opinions and thoughts that you you kind of get, you know, really muddled by. Um, so, in terms of some form of education or better understanding I had to seek most of it myself I'd say um, and I was comfortable doing that and was able to do that and it's really interesting listening to Sophie because the the concepts around your body tells you I found to be really true you know one day I'd also use a heart rate monitor or the talk test that Anna spoke about um, and just kind of check that I wasn't doing too much or overdoing it you know one day I could do a 30 minute cycle with my heart rate at you know 135, 140 um, and feel fine and then the next day I'd have to stop after 10 minutes I thought my, my lungs were going to fall out so it's that kind of trust in how you feel is really really important um, I think again picking up on what Emma said around finding something you can enjoy and I found this particularly important given you know we're in a global pandemic COVID-19 we're all stuck we're all at home um, getting outside and walking um, the days where I have been behind my desk and I have been working I have felt so much you know tighter around my pelvis more uncomfortable my back's been really sore and actually just going out for an hour at lunch stretching out my legs I feel infinitely better and it's you know I never thought I'd be a walker but it's almost turned into a hobby I think like the rest of the country six million of us in the UK at the moment it really has become a hobby um, and actually really interesting, before the call, I had a look, um, I worked for Vitality as a performance champion, and they did some really interesting research. And this is actually around um, after you've had your baby. But it, it you know, we said 82% of new mums believe that being able to exercise would help them feel happier and more confident. And 65% would like to exercise more. But we don't know how to with a new baby. So I guess whilst I'm on the call, that's my kind of question back to Emma. I mean, I'm only a few days from having one how and what do you do and I think having expert advice is just so so valuable yeah um wow this is my big passion project so um 
I, I, I just think it's so important that we try and encourage women to exercise postnatally um, for all the physical and mental health benefits, uh, the, ob- the obvious, uh, obvious reasons. Um, the big thing, first of all, is allow your body to recover. Um, so rest is important. This is what I need yes. to do. Yes, I need to listen. Rest. I have okay. to say, you elite athletes, I'm not sure how much you factor that into your day um, <laughs> ordinarily. So that's that's really, really hard because you have just undergone such rapid, huge changes with your body. Um, and then you'll go through childbirth. Now, whether that's via a C-section or a vaginal delivery, um, how you deliver can it can change what what level of rest and recovery you'll require um but if we're keeping it really basic um the first sort of two weeks you want to think about resting you can move i'd encourage you to move very much no bed rest um so listen to your body feel comfortable uh lots of good uh, as much sleep as you can hydration nutrition are really really key pelvic floor exercises as well um, as dull as they are are incredibly important because not only if you do have a vaginal delivery no matter what level of vaginal delivery you have there will be trauma to that area perhaps basically some swelling and some bruising and pelvic floor exercises allow blood to the area and they certainly help promote some healing um that whole area whether you deliver vaginally or c-section will be stretched it will be weakened so it's a really important area to address and pay attention to then after would you start that straight up yeah Anna? so if you haven't had if, if, if you've had a catheter if you have a catheter put in place for, for a variety of reasons then don't do any pelvic floor exercises until that's removed but yeah as soon as you can just little and often you don't have to Think about long holds, short holds, just squeezing and relaxing, just to remind your body what that pelvic floor does. After two-ish weeks, you can start thinking about um, adopting some squatting, some lunging, some just body resistant exercise. Um, But again, listening to your body, because if it doesn't feel right, then it's not right for you at that time. After four to six weeks, you might be wanting to think about jumping back onto your bike if your perineal area feels comfortable. And that's the big thing. You don't want it to feel sore. Um, You might want to start upping the amount you're walking or the pace that you're walking. Once we're going more into that six week onwards territory, we're starting to think about potentially pushing things on a little bit cardiovascularly. So faster walking, faster cycling, eight weeks and beyond. You might, if if you're comfortable, think about spinning, um, just upping the intensity, upping the strength work, upping the resistance. It's really, in general, we're thinking maybe around about the 12 week mark of introducing impact again now that is not exclusively for everyone it's very individually based so someone like you Alex given how much you've exercised you might go back to running sooner as a as a physio I'd be listening out for have you got any pelvic floor issues are you leaking urine are you suffering any heaviness in your vagina any pain anywhere those are signs that your pelvic floor might not yet be ready to return to run and your body might not yet be ready to return to run but by seeing a pelvic health physio from around about six weeks and you can be referred by your GP or you can see someone privately um, we can give you a really good idea of where your pelvic floor strength and condition is uh, where globally you are and get you ready back to that road to recovery if you want to introduce impact into into your uh, exercise regime 
I would say most women should think about introducing a level of impact because you're going to be running after toddlers. And so you're going to want to know at some stage that your body's ready for impact. Um, so uh, I wrote some guide, co-authored some gu guidelines with Tom Goom, who's a musculoskeletal physio and Gwanya Donnelly, who's another pelvic health physio. Um, and they are return to running postnatal guidelines for healthcare, medical and fitness professionals, but they're also for women to access as well. They will give you guidance and you can run through some of the tests to see if you're ready to return to impact if you can't access a pelvic health physiotherapist. But I would strongly encourage that you do try and get access to a pelvic health physiotherapist because we can just help guide you a little bit more effective on that return to high impact exercise. But for those of you who want to do low impact exercise, yeah, you can certainly start thinking about that probably earlier than you might initially consider. Does that help? Oh, enormously. <laughs> Normally, I'm scribbling down notes as we chat. I'm going to send you the guidelines. <laughs> well, um, brilliant, thanks, Emma. Yeah, what, what I will do, what I will do is, yeah, all the stuff that Emma's mentioned, I'll pop it in the podcast info links to the infographic and other things, and or, or, or also your book, Emma, which we will subtly drop in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Emma's Emma's book, Why Did No One Tell Me? We'll oh, also put you. a link to that as well because, um, I mean, Emma, are there many of you? you know your your sort of profession in the nhs and accessible or is it something that's a bit underfunded i mean obviously <gasps> lots is underfunded but it's one of the big ones yeah or... i think as it stands it's 800 pelvic health physios um not all of them necessarily specialize in postnatal recovery uh because pelvic health is a really broad subject um but there's 800 of us i think there's about 700,000 women a year or thereabouts having a baby so accessing us isn't super easy but you should have access mm. to us via your gp now there will be a waiting list really unfortunately there's a long waiting list with covid um and that might be where private if you can afford private that might be where we I someone like myself will come in um, you can find us on the squeezy directory um, or you can find us on the POGP directory as well um, but first of all I would just ask your GP to refer you and see see what the waiting is to like um, but I would love it if more physios trained as pelvic health physios because there, there is such a huge mm. need for it and with the 10-year NHS plan the idea is that every woman postnatally regardless of your exercising level will have access to a pelvic health physio but we didn't plan for covid and a huge pandemic so you know mm. this is these are crazy times um and and there are yeah. lots of very 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 good postnatal fitness instructors out there as well who can help guide you um in many ways if you can't access us um immediately yeah i, th I think what we have to kind of change our mindset in as women is that giving birth is a very common thing to do. So kind of most of us will have children, um, but it is still a trauma. Going through childbirth is a trauma on our body. Going through pregnancy is a huge change. And kind of a lot of kind of athletes or kind of recreational athletes, you know, we ping our, our hamstring. We would think nothing of going to a physio and saying, you know, my hamstring's a bit sore. Kind of, can I get some sports massage? Kind of, what do you think? Can I get some strength exercises? And going through childbirth, yes, it's diff it's it's not kind of doing our sport, but it really is, we should be considering it like we've had a major operation or we've torn a muscle, because you may well have torn a muscle. And getting back to full strength isn't a case of, okay, I'm just gonna, if you had a torn hamstring, you wouldn't try and run the next, unless you're me, and then realize it really is torn, um, which I did. Um, 
you'd actually go back and say, <laughs> I need to properly rehab this because I want my hamstring to be strong for life. I don't want to have another hamstring injury. And I think we need to change kind of how we think about pregnancy and recovery as, as another muscle and saying, I need this muscle to function. I need my pelvic floor to function. I need my pelvis to be strong. And I'm going to put that work in on the recovery. And actually, kind of as a runner, I do exercises to strengthen my hamstring all the time. I need to think about the same thing for my pelvis, my pelvic floor all the time. And I want to be running ultramarathons when I'm 70 years old. I need to treat that as another muscle. And I kind of came into it when I had real pelvic floor issues after an episiotomy um, with my first and I couldn't run at all for three months without leaking. Um, and I still can have the leaking of the pregnancies. I know I have to fix it. So I think we just need to change the, the mindset as women that this is, if you have to think about it as tearing a hamstring, think about it as tearing a hamstring, but get the same support in that you would do if you had torn your hamstring. And that's where people like can Emma come in. Um, and sometimes the, the NHS kind of, you can get um, dismissed um, because they just want to get you back walking and able to look after a baby. But really thinking about, I wanna get back to my normal and my normal is different from any other woman's normal. We, we all have our own normal. And until we're at our normal, and mine is running an ultra marathon with a heavy pack down a hill on concrete, if I have to, without leaking, without pain, we need to work until we get back to that because that's the most important thing for us. Yeah, I, get, I agree. I think what we need to all think about is prevention as well. So if you are asymptomatic, you have no symptoms after having a baby other than tenderness, um, you're not leaking urine, you're not in pain, you're not feeling any heaviness in your vaginal area. That doesn't mean, unfortunately, the research is showing us that in five years time, those symptoms can develop because that whole area has just been so stretched and stressed. And as you go back, go back to uh, Sophie's hamstring analogy, if you just leave it, that there's likelihood that that injury will reoccur at some point. And if we leave a muscle weak, um, including the abdominal wall, then there's a chance that you're going to struggle with that later on in life. And as we hit the menopause, that's when, again, we start seeing pelvic floor issues occur. Um, so, so take this opportunity, if you've never really addressed your pelvic health in particular take this opportunity to address your pelvic health and just see it as another means of rehabilitation which you wouldn't bat an eyelid for as you say if you sprained an ankle or, or tore a hamstring it's just really important that that, that message is getting out there and is there, is there any things that i guess sophie and alex you've felt being in in sport where a lot of people have spoken out about how you know, pregnancy changes perceptions of people in this industry, especially. Have, have, have you found that at all with, with your careers or, or being athletes that you, you worried that it would change perceptions or being a mum is quite difficult in this industry? I mean, I think it's, it's certainly very challenging. You know, you're, you're training full time. Um, you know, if, if I look back to throughout my career, I only ever played with one person who was a mum internationally and actually she'd had her child a few years before coming into the program um, I think times are changing which is fabulous so I think um, it now would be you know <sighs> there would be a much more positive I, th I think there's probably been a a, a negative this, this stigma, particularly within a team sport, to having a child whilst you're competing because you're taking, you know, you're coming out of the team. You can't contribute in that way. So on a very basic level, 
you know, nothing to do with having the obviously the wonders of having a child. Um, but I think times are changing. I think there is much better education within our sports. I still think it can be better. Um, and some of the, you know, additional conditioning, strength work, et cetera, that you would need, I think would now be in place. But I have to say, it was not something that I ever really considered. Um, it wasn't anything that was on my radar. And I think like anything in the world until more athletes do it. Um, and, you you know, there are examples. Look at Jessica Emmett Hill, who, who you know, she, she had a baby and then won the world championships. I mean, amazing. I remember thinking, wow, what an incredible feat. You know, Paula Radcliffe had children and carried on running. You know, it's, the human body is phenomenal. So I think um, you're absolutely right. We have to think about what is possible. It absolutely is possible. I think it's been more practically difficult in the past rather than a physical impossibility. Um, and as with everything else, I, I do think that's getting better. And who knows, if I was 15 years younger now when I was kind of going into my career um, at the start, it's definitely something I would think about more than I did in my career. For me, it was always going to be, I'd finish playing and then I'd start a family. Uh, and I think that's exactly the place that we should be. Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting at the moment because um, I'm working, um, again, this is, this is I'm not breaching confidentiality here because it's all on social media, um, but I'm working with one of Team Bath's netballers um, uh, who is a, or was a, um, an England netballer player as well. And they've been brilliant. You know, they have provided her with access to myself, to other um, uh, disciplines, uh, like a nutritionist. Um, uh, they've just been so supportive of her return to play. Um, and and it's, it's kind of really cool because none of us have really done it before. Um, I'm working with her MSK physio, with her strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, we're all we're all you know really working as a team to get her back to play as effectively and as safely as possible but also with the thought in mind that we want to keep her on court for as long as possible without injury um so i do think there are incredible teams and and sports like that embracing that um and i just think it would be great to see that across the whole of female sports um because i don't know i'll be really interested to see how you feel about this alex and i don't know how you feel sophie but I see anecdotally lots of women coming back stronger. I mean, Je Jessica Ennis Hill is a great example of that. But did did you feel stronger, Sophie, after babies? I know you had I know you had um, a few issues in between, but but did you feel stronger in between your two babies when you when you went back to your running? I've actually been a better runner since I had children, and maybe that's more because I've been kind of more focused on it and really focused on how much strength work I needed to do really focused on no jump miles in my training because every time you're out training, you're not with your kids. So there's definitely been for me a real refocus on, on, on kind of being better. And now actually kind of my goal is to, well, now I'm probably not, I'm definitely not having any more children. Three is definitely enough. Um, I can now go and be stronger than ever. And I think you see these women coming back and I look to people like kind of Jay Pavey as well. And I, I look at women, we peak later in, in life at a lot of sports than men do. And actually for, for a distance runner coming into your late thirties and your forties, you can still win races in your fifties. And so for me, I, I see that I can get better and better and better. And now I have that focus that um, I get my time out. I follow my coaching plan. I might've been a bit lax. Um, and I think the thing about elite athletes coming back is seeing 
those elite athletes coming back from pregnancy gives kind of the average woman, the recreational athlete, the confidence that it's there. We have to see it to believe that we can do it. And the more professional athletes that do it, the more kind of recreational athletes will go, do you know what? I can still get a PB after I've had my kids. Um, I can still try a new sport. And I think that's, that's just brilliant to see women trying sports and getting better kind of later and later in life. It's so interesting, Sophie, and it's become almost something I feel really passionately about. Like hearing you anecdotally share your experiences will influence, and would have influenced, had I heard it a, a, a bit earlier, would influence hugely how I would go about my pregnancy. Um, and it's it's really made me reconsider things that I share within, you know, within my role, particularly as a performance champion with Vitality, is, is when, when I'm speaking with other women from businesses, it's really shaping the kind of information I share you know you it, it can support you it does help you get stronger um it it can almost benefit you when you've had had your baby at, at the other end um it, it, i just find it fascinating and i think that the more that women can share their stories um and the more that we can um i guess really be positive around all of the things we're talking about um that the better it will be for us all and i think we'll see change and you're so right you, you can't really see it it's very hard to be what you can't see um, so yeah, long may this kind of thing continue. And um, a lot of people listen to the podcast. I thought we'd be good to sort of close with this, um, as well as obviously being women who who are going through this this time in their in their life. Also, work in sport, or you know, it might be that they work at national governing body, or they're a coach of a team, or you know, they might work at a, a leisure centre or something. So, what if there? If you could kind of, I guess, narrow it down to a few big things, what are the things that you would want them to take away is it about you know some training they should undertake or some guidance that they should uh, understand better I mean what are the things that would just so help support pregnant women across so many different groups um I'd love to signpost to a really awesome charity if that's possible um it's called active pregnancy foundation um and it's been set up to encourage women to exercise during pregnancy um, and there's some great resources available uh, for all women there whether you're more sedentary or more of an elite athlete like um, Alex and Sophie um, it's been set up by Marlies DeVivo who um, is one of the chief medical officers um, key key uh, advisors and um, Sally Cattle who um, I believe I'm going to get this wrong rode the Atlantic uh, solo um, and had a baby and had, I, I think, some difficulties getting back um, to, to exercise postnatally. Sorry, Sally, if I've got that wrong. Um, and um, it's a great charity. Um, there's a great team on the clinical advisory board. Um, and we just set out to expose the evidence so that women feel confident with what they're with what they're doing. Um, and the, the aim is to give information to fitness providers, healthcare professionals, um, so, that, so that women can see who's accredited and who they should and shouldn't be working with. I would definitely recommend finding your tribe at this time. So finding, um, perhaps speaking to a midwife that gets the exercise component of things, because not all, all midwives quite 
quite um, are on the same page as we are, I would say find a pelvic health physio, a coach. That's the big thing, getting the messages out to coaches. We need to change that still. Um, and, and doctors as well. Find your tribe, your fitness professionals that are going to help expose you to the right information. And Active Pregnancy Foundation charity is a really good avenue uh, to finding some of those people. I would add, don't err on the side of caution. I think there's a lot of people that um, kind of, when they don't know the answer, they say, they go back to the old thing. So I had a, a midwife appointment and I was like, do you know what? I'm feeling like a little bit tweaky in my pelvis. And I was about 20 weeks. And she said, right, kind of don't lift anything and, and, and sit down as much as possible because that was what she knew would be safe for me. Um, and I went to see Emma and we realized actually it was going to get better in a couple of weeks because it was the relaxing in my body. So kind of if you don't know the answer in the industry, don't just go back to the old advice of, well, if the, the, the client does nothing or I do nothing, that's safe because nothing can go wrong. Making sure you're finding the professionals that can actually look at the individual as an individual and what their background is and what they're capable of doing, um, because we're all so unique and every pregnancy is unique. Uh, and there's lots of information, but it all has to be applied um, to the individual and what stage of pregnancy they're at um, and what they can do themselves. Yeah, the, uh, the only bit I would add is um, don't be afraid. I think there's a real fear attached to doing the right thing by your baby and yourself when you're pregnant. I definitely felt it. It's seek the right advice, which I know is being said. It's speak to you know we all spend time with like-minded people speak to your mum friends who have, who have done it um and try and be as well informed as possible um and you know follow the guidance and you know I couldn't be a, a better advocate for staying active um I, I've enjoyed my pregnancy I've been very very lucky I felt well um but I'm absolutely sure the um, kind of physical load I put on my body which hasn't been enormous 30 minutes a day generally is what I've done um, I'm sure it put me in a good place now and to the point where you know an imminent labour I am maybe naively really looking forward to <laughs> well thank you so much guys it's been a, a really great discussion I think so many people will find it really useful um, and uh, yeah thank you so much and and as I, as I mentioned I'll, I'll put any of the useful links that, that we've talked about in the podcast notes so people can visit visit all those uh, things that Emma mentioned and um, yeah as always do get in touch with our support inbox support at womeninsport.org uh, or get in touch with us on social media as well and, and I'll put the handles of, of these guys in there as well if you want to follow them and, and what they're doing and thanks as well to our sponsors CSM Live and we will see all of you next month.